Welcome back to the Supercoach Champions podcast. This is the round 25 late mail edition. We're finally here. It's going to be the last episode of the regular season, but like we've said, we're going to be around for a little bit longer, if not throughout the off season. We haven't set the schedule in stone yet, but we do plan to be back next week and we're going to immediately start diving into the review of the 2021 season and yeah, starting to almost start preparing for 2022. It's never too early to start prepping. But yeah, we're going to dive into that over the off-season. And we've got some plans for potentially some other stuff as well. But we're still mapping that out and we'll come back to you guys and let you know what we've got sorted as soon as we have that information at hand. But look, this is it. Round 25. Wackers Whispers is always critical this week of all weeks, but even more so with all the late restings and all that type of stuff that might be on the cards. And we've got some Twitter questions, understandably, not as many, as uh, other weeks, I know a lot of people, you know, there's only two teams that make the head-to-head finals and there's only so many teams that are still in contention. And I know a lot of people are really, I guess, discouraged by the amount of numbers they have left, but we're still here, still going to do the best we can. And uh, I'll finish up, I guess, just having a think about, you know, if you are hoping for some Hail Mary options and maybe just kind of looking through uh, the best options, I guess, in each position, if you still got A-Trade or two left even, uh, firstly, well done. And then secondly, we'll try to help you use them as well as possible. Anyway, let's get straight into it. You've got mail, baby, yeah. All right, kicking off this week, we're starting off with the Raiders and the Roosters Thursday night. So this is up in Mackay. For the Raiders, they look set to be 1-17. to They do have Joey Tarpanay, ankle, and Sebastian Krish shoulder, who were in doubt, but they've taken part in the captain's run on Wednesday. They've proven their fitness after suffering some minor injuries last weekend. And at this stage, Sam Williams and Semi Valame remain in the 19-man squad. So one of them obviously will be the 18th man unless there's a late swap. That's not expected. On the Roosters' side, they have JWH and Take Aho both in doubt due to knee injuries. At this stage, there's no word as to whether they completed their captain's run or not. Take Aho could be rested given JWH missed last week already while Egan Butcher is fit to play after he failed to finish the game last week due to a HIA. If this happens, he could start at lock. This will push Isaac Liu up to prop. And Nafahu White coming back onto the bench. Ikevalu Ankle, Morris Hamstring have both returned to full training after recovering from injury and will play. And they'll play on the right edge together. Adam Kieran is also ret- confirmed to return at left centre after he missed the Rabbitohs game due to concussion. Moala, Graham Tafua and Daniel Saluka Fafita both dropped out of the 19-man squad on Wednesday night. Right now we've got Brad Abbey and Nafahu White remaining in the squad. First game on Friday is the Sharks versus the Storm. This is in the Gold Coast at Siva Super Stadium. On the Sharks, they head into the game knowing a win will secure a final spot. They have a fairly settled squad with no real issues leading into the game. They look set to be 1-17. Moylan confirmed to start at 5-8th and Luke Metcalf will drop back to the bench. On the Storm side, they have rested a few players, but they still put out a fairly strong lineup. George Jennings is in doubt due to a knee injury, which kept him out last week. He returned to training this week. We still needs to tick off a few boxes to prove his fitness. If he's ruled out, Isaac Lumi Lumi would come onto the wing. Sofa Solomona hamstring, Fanukan concussion, and Pene Achilles are all confirmed to play after training with the squad this week. Pappenhausen and Olin both copped heavy hits last week, but will be fit to play. The only possible change being an outside chance of occurring, is Daniel Atkinson coming onto the bench to make his NRL debut with Riley Jacks dropping out. 
the Friday night game is the Eels and the Panthers. This is also at, at the Gold Coast. So that for the Eels, they've named basically a second-string side. The only player in doubt being Sean Lane due to a concussion after he failed his game day HIA on the weekend. Lane didn't train with the main squad during the week and he will need to pass required protocols to play. At this stage, he is expected to be ruled out. This will likely see Isaiah Papali'i earn a reprieve and come back into the 17. Tom Opacic returns at centre after missing the last few games due to a rib injury. On the Panthers' side, they come into this game off a five-day turnaround. At this stage, they've decided not to rest any players in the final game of the regular season and have no issues leading into the game. We could still see the same change we've seen the last two weeks with Viliami Kikau dropping back to the bench and Liam Martin starting in the back row before they move into the middle when Kikau comes on. On to the first game on Saturday. It's the Broncos against the Knights. This is at Suncorp Stadium and it's also Alex Glenn's final game before he heads off into retirement. The Broncos will welcome back Jordan Rickey, who missed the Sharks game last week after he rolled his ankle at the captain's run. That forced him to miss the game. He returned to training this week and will play. Could start off the bench though with TC Rabadi standing on the right edge. No other late changes expected for the Broncos. On the Knights side, with the Knights locked into the top eight, they could rest more players with coach Adam O'Brien to make the final call at the captain's run. AOB could opt to rest the likes of Kellen Ponger, Connor Watson, Mitchell Pierce and Bradman Best with Tex Hoy, Pasami Solo, Phoenix Crossland and Simi Sasangi options to replace them. That's the uh, most of the bench slash extended bench there. Josh King passed the game to HIA last weekend and trained during the week and will be good to go. Jack Johns is expected to overcome the short injury to play. I think with this one, you definitely need to keep an eye on the 24-hour cuts because the two players from the extended bench that drop off could give some indication as to who still may be likely to be rested, if any. Then the Saturday evening game, Cowboys against the Seagulls. This is up in Townsville, so home game for the Cowboys. They could also have one minor change to the 17 that's been named. This could see Mitch Dunn starting at lock. This will, this will push Jason Tomalolo to prop. Cohen has bicep, Lolo, hand, and Jake Granville knock. All trained this week in non-contact rehab vests. There are some concerns over Hess, who will need to pass a final fitness test to play. This will take place at the captain's run. If he fails, Lockenburg is going to come onto the bench if Hess is ruled out. Griffin Namey passed the Green Day HIA on the weekend, trained with the squad this week, and is fit to play. On the Seagulls side, their only concern leading into the game is the fitness of Taniel Pasika, who has been named to return from an ankle injury. He started running last week and joined the main group at the start of this week. Still needs to pass a final fitness test though. And Tofafoa simply is on standby if Pasika is ruled out. Sean Kepi returns after missing a number of weeks after heading back to Sydney for the birth of his child. He returned to the Seagulls bubble last week after spending two weeks in hotel quarantine. Morgan Harper will be fit to play after copping a couple heavy knocks during the game last week. Depending on results, Des Hassler could still decide to rest Tom Travojevic, Jake Travojevic and Daly Cherry Evans during the game, but all are expected to start the game. Then the Saturday evening, Saturday night game rather, the Rabbitohs and the Dragons. The Rabbitohs have also named the second string squad, giving us a look to the future of 2022. Exciting rookie half Lachlan Elias is set to make his NRL debut. The Rabbitohs are expected to be 1-17 this week, with Wayne Bennett not playing any silly buggers with the team list and the full squad training during the week. On the Dragons' side, they come into the final game of the season with nothing really to play for, except to finish off the season on a high note. They've got no real injury issues leading into the game, with Blake Laurie fit to play after he passed his game day HIA on the weekend. He also trained in the squad this week and is fit to play. They expect to be 1-17. And the Sunday games, we've got the Titans against the Warriors. This is also at the Gold Coast. 
The Titans' only concern is Kevin Proctor, who suffered a shoulder injury against the Storm last week. Sorry, two weeks ago. Proctor has been limited to no contact at training during the week and needs to get through the captain's run, but is expected to play. The Titans are expecting to be 1-17 to with no late changes. Then for the Warriors, they received a massive boost on Tuesday night with Matt Lodge succeeding at the judiciary, being found not guilty of a Grade 1 dangerous contact charge for his tackle on Joe Tarpane, and he's free to play. Josh Curran, elbow, Alisa Katoa, foot, and Fanua Blake, knee, Sirenan, knock, Wade Egan, shoulder, and Harris Tavita, foot, will all need to be checked at the captain's run. The most doubt is surrounding Wade Egan. Jasta Vanger is on standby should Egan fail to come up. Then for the Tigers and the Bulldogs, the final game of the NRL regular season. This is up in Redcliffe. The Tigers have one change to the 17 end on Tuesday with Kelma Talangi, expected to be ruled out due to a shoulder injury. Wacko expects to see Michael Cheekham drop to the bench in Talangi's place. And either Reese Hoffman coming in at centre, or maybe Moses Mbai shifting to centre and Zach, Zach Sinney giving him a crack at fullback. Mbai left the field in the final minutes of game due to a HIA last week. Needs to pass the required protocols to play. Lucy Leilua came out of the Panthers game battered and bruised with a shoulder injury and a knock to his net leg. And despite training with the squad during the week in a rehab vest, he's expected to play. And finally, the Bulldogs, they have one expected change to the 17 with Dylan Napa, named on an extended bench, expected to come onto the interchange bench to play his last game for the Bulldogs before leaving the club at the end of the season. Napa would ta- replace either Chris Patolo or Jackson Tupini. Jake Averillo has missed the last two games due to a foot injury. If he can prove his fitness at the captain's run, he could replace Carl Flanagan in the halves. And that is Wacko's Whispers for round 25, and that's Wacko's Whispers for the season. We really do appreciate the great work that Wacko does all season. Wacko Jacko, absolute legend. We re- really appreciate you. Thank you again for not only allowing us to use your mail, but the fact that you are so on the ball with the tweets. And yeah, it's a tough job, especially for you having to navigate all of the uh, different covid protocols and the bubbles and all that type of stuff so to still get mail to us we really do appreciate it so thank you for yet another season and no doubt we'll be hearing more from you across the off season and into next year but uh, this brings us to the twitter questions for this week these twitter questions as always brought to you by carl mcgrath accounting i want to ask you a bunch of questions i want to have them answered immediately So tax time is well and truly underway. If you haven't heard already, get Carl McGrath to do your tax return. He'll legally maximise your tax refund. No job's too big or too small. He is a small business owner, so you'll be speaking directly with Carl, who's the owner. He's the one who's going to do your work. No work's done overseas or done by junior staff. It is Carl doing it all himself. No matter where you are in Australia, he can help you out. Using FaceTime, Zoom, he can help you out no matter where you are, whether you're far or even close. There's some clients who live in the next suburb. He's never met because they can do it all electronically. So, yeah, he can help you with things like maximizing COVID work from home deductions, rental properties, capital gains from the sale of a property, from shares, or even cryptocurrency trading. For listeners of the Supercoach Champions podcast, Carl has a special offer of $99 for a basic tax return. Even if your tax return is more complicated, Carl promises me he will look after you with price. Search up Carl McGrath Accounting on Facebook or at Carl M Accountant on Twitter. Don't delay, get your taxes sorted, get on to Carl. He'll help you out. Anyway, first question, straight up. We've got here from Lake at Adam D Numbers. He's got no 5.8 this week. He's got two trades. Amazing. Would you buy someone like Toro 
uh, that would mean trading out at Okar. Also has Hughes playing at halfback, who's the reserve, but do I trade him out for DC, Copti, AE, which will be Dunster, or sell Walker and buy Matt Burton? Sitting at 88 overall, thoughts? My first thought is uh, that's a fantastic effort to be 88 overall and still have two trades, so you've got a real shot of shooting up the ranks, could even push into top 50 comfortably. Uh, you know, I wouldn't write off cash, honestly. And I just had a look. You're actually coming 83rd, not 88th, so even better. But you're about 430-odd points off the top 10 in cash. But it sounds like you actually have a full 17, which is amazing. And there are a lot of teams ahead of you that probably only have 11, 12, 13, 14 players. So by virtue of having three extra players, and if they're good ones, you could catch up 250 points just like that if they have a good week. Plus, you've got the option of you know getting some upgrades as well. So... Look, 430 points, not impossible for you to catch up, depending on how the other players go. So you're in a great spot. For that reason, I definitely would be getting Tor in. I think he's a great option for this week. And then for the other trade, I mean, I think I would lean towards keeping Hughes and and bypassing DCE as for that reason. So if you're training at Cody Walker, I mean, I get Matt Burton. It makes sense, but I kind of don't mind swinging for the upside with Luai or maybe even like an Anthony Milford, as crazy as that sounds. But, you know, you've got back-to-back big scores right now from the MILF. Another alternative at the 5-8 spot, I think, is Josh Schuster, who, you know, if you really like that Seagulls matchup, if you can't get DCE, I don't mind getting Schuster as well to kind of get a piece of that. Or even, like, as crazy as it sounds, Kieran Foran, it's your last game, last round. You're going to get some points there regardless. But, yeah, I'd lean towards getting a 5-8 there. So, you know, get Dunster as your AE. I just I can't see him scoring very well against that Panthers squad, especially with this team that the Eels have named. So, yeah, just back your gut on which 5-8 you think will score the best. There's a couple of options I reckon that you can really have a crack at. So, yeah, good luck with that choice there. And, look, I've kind of half answered the next question from Tane Sarajevo with Dwayhe, Munster and Walker all unavailable. Who are the best 5-8 replacements? Am I crazy for thinking Milford? No, you're not crazy. Uh, I think he is a legitimate option. And in fact, looking at the options available for this round between Luai and Milford, they actually have the highest ceilings there and obviously good matchups as well. So I don't mind it, honestly. It's obviously high risk, high reward. Both can easily drop 20, 30 scores, but they're both coming off decent performances from a super coach perspective. So I don't really mind. There are some other options. Like I said, Schuster is not a bad shout. Even going for um, you know a bit of glory with someone like a Jack White and Kieran Foran, yeah, they're all legitimate options to me. Uh, I don't think I would go too far. I mean, technically, even Benji Marshall, if you trust him to take control of that South team, the Dragons are not great. This South team, the Rabbitohs could still beat them basically. So yeah, certainly some options there. I mean, even getting a little bit more left field, Albert Kelly has actually been scoring quite well and might actually be a bit safer than Milford due to a bit higher base. Honestly, though, it's your final round. Unless you're playing an important head-to-head, then I'd be guided by their options, you know, who they have, as opposed to unless you really want a Hail Mary option, in which case I'd still lean towards, like, your Milford and Luai-type options. They've shown themselves to have the highest ceiling compared to some of the other options available at 5.8 for you. And, you know, as we expected, not many questions this week. The last one is from Peter McDermott at Seagull Pete. And he says, hey champ, I have one trade left, best trading target out of Toto and DCE. I guess, yeah, I'd start off by looking at what's the purpose here. Are you playing head-to-head? If it is, then really who your opponent has is going to dictate 
the outcome here if you just want to go for the highest uh, final ranking or whatever from an overall perspective, then I actually think Torto is going to outscore DCE this week. I do think early shower is very much on the cards for DCE. He could be on 100 plus already, but I think Torto will play the full 80. We know he's unlikely to be the one who gets an early shower. So if he grabs one or two tries, he's looking at 100 and 120 or whatever, whereas DCE could play 60 minutes and only, you know, maybe still score 70, which is decent, but I just don't think he's going to have the same ceiling if he comes off the field early. And surely he's in line for the early shower this time instead of Tommy Turbo. But yeah, look, thanks for everyone submitting their questions each week. It's been really great to be able to help you out. Hopefully I've been able to assist there and, you know, kind of explain my reasoning and my logic and rationale for the decisions I'm making. I don't necessarily want this to just to be me answering your start seed questions and helping tell you who to put in and all that type of stuff. A lot of it's just about me kind of as I answer your questions talking through the process and the logic and the rationale so that it makes sense and you know if you can apply that same thought process you can make your own decision I could have the right rationale and work through things but you think look you've missed something here this is the actual answer and if that's the case then that's fine I know I'm not going to get every call right and there are times where you'll get it right and still be wrong because of injury because of stuff that happens on the field we know the NRL is super unpredictable and a lot of people talk about how unpredictable sports like the NFL are and even the NBA and things like that. But I have to say something like the NRL where, you know, you don't get to stop and reevaluate and, and, you know, strategize and things like that on the field. So a lot of it comes down to the players who turn up, what they do for 40 minutes. And, you know, th- it means that some of the outcomes can be really unpredictable. So it's about trying to factor all of that unpredictability in and still finding, you know, hopefully the right answer more often than not. But anyway, yeah, thanks again. And I guess we'll finish up with a couple of final thoughts. It's the final the final yes, it is the last time I guess I'll be talking to you in the regular season. So I guess I wanted to just finish up by looking at, you know, if you've got one or two trades left, what's the options? And looking through position by position, I feel like I've talked through 5 eighth already and a lot of us obviously needed to replace Cody Walker or Munster or Dwayne if you still had him. And yeah, there's not there's not much on, basically. I feel like this is a chance where if you've got, you know, exactly 17, I'd actually cop the AE and try and find someone else from a different position. But look, starting up at the top, I think if you've got Harry Grant or if you've got Brandon Smith, you know, they're probably the two standout options. There's not really much else that you want to look at. Obviously, Cook is rested. Connor Watson is in doubt of being rested. If not, then he's a decent option. He'll score you a decent, I think, you know, solid score. And then there's definitely attacking stats and offer against the Broncos. High risk, uh, medium rewards, probably is someone like a Kieran Foran. He's probably not turning up, but for that price, if you don't, if you're on a budget. And the matchup there, he's certainly um, able to score some points there as well. If you want to get really risky, I mean, Api Corusel, he's kind of floating about, not really doing much. But every now and then, if he jacks one attacking stat, he'll bust out a 70-odd score. So I don't mind that either. Aside from that, there's really not much else I'd be looking at here. It's all pretty ugly. So I'd move on if you can. Um, Grant's obviously the standout. You know, we know what he can do. And assuming the storm, the pack, it looks much better. I think he's gonna he's gonna have a much better week than he did last week. I just can't see the sharks pack matching it up with the storm pack this week. So, yeah, good signs for Grant. Now, at front row forward, it's really yeah. I mean, 
you're probably not trading here if you can avoid it. Most of us probably have Payne Haas. If not, then he's the guy you want to bring in this week. Tucker Aho, I just, yeah, a bit of doubt there with his injury, so I'd avoid him. I mean, Stefano has been playing really, really well and against the Bulldogs, definitely. I could see him crashing over for another try, so I quite, li- I quite like him as well. Fanua Blake, Matt Lodge, both decent options. Again, the Warriors don't really have much to play for, and at this stage, I think, yeah, they're just playing to hopefully have a good end of the season. Bit of a left field option, Josh Papali'i. We know he's a big game player, and whilst this doesn't really look like a big game normally, technically, if the Raiders win and the Sharks lose, then the Raiders actually get to sneak into eighth and play finals. Now, there's also the unlikely scenario if the Raiders win big and the Sharks still win, but like yeah, the Sharks win by one point and the Raiders win by 50, then technically they jump ahead on for and against as well. But yeah, either way, the Raiders need to win, and I think properly he steps up to help them hopefully uh, get the win over the Roosters, and if that happens, then we'll see the Sharks, you know, they have to beat the Storm, and the Storm, they're not like under strength in the sense that they, they're they not quite naming a second string team like the Eels and the Rabbitohs have this week, so the Sharks still have their job cut out for them, basically. So yeah, I can see Papa Lee stepping up a little bit there, and you know, we, we know he loves a pie, so that's certainly an option. Uh, but yeah, not, not a great position. So let's move on to the back row. Obviously, a lot of us are clutching for numbers as well. Angus Crichton, obviously, if you don't have him, he's the standout that I'd grab. But otherwise, Hudson Young, Josh Curran, both real legitimate options as well. Um, if you want to go for the upside, Homole Alakawatu, just the matchup there and the way the Seagulls are attacking and playing. I think, um, yeah, that's certainly an option. If you want to go high risk, high reward, we know Billy Kicks is always there. But yeah, again, not a great position. I'd probably steer clear of this one if you can avoid it and just, you know, play some players that you can just fill in so you don't get an AE or basically. Now at halfback, I think it's pretty clear. You either want DCE, you want Cleary. Those are the two clear standouts. If you want to go a little bit left field, there's Mitch Pierce against the Broncos. I've spoken about Albert Kelly being surprisingly good for Supercoach. And he's, he's averaging 61, and that's with a 20-minute game in there. So he could easily go 70-plus against the Knights as well. Bread and Trindle is a bit of a smoky, but again, tough matchup against the Storm, so I couldn't advise that. Jerome Hughes obviously will be relied upon heavily with no Munster. And yeah, we know how, how good he can be and how good he's been this season. So, I mean, I guess you could even say Cleary, DC, Hughes are your big three at a halfback, and outside of that, it's, uh, yeah, I wouldn't really be looking for any other options. It just seems like you're trying too hard to find a pod for the pod's sake. So moving on, we are not talking about uh, 5-8 again. Look, fullback, I think it's pretty clear. We've all got Tommy Turbo in one slot. Chances are a lot of you have Teddy in the other. And if that's the case, you leave it. If you've got Ponger in the other slot, you leave that as well. If you've got Latrell and, you know, you're stuck, then I would go Pappenhausen. If you had a choice, Pappenhausen, or if you want to get a little bit more left field, you can look at the likes of Reese Walsh, Jaden Campbell, but they're all high risk and, you know, high reward, I guess, for Walsh. Campbell, not, not so much. He's not really shown that ceiling just yet. So, yeah, I think the standouts are there. Pappenhausen's definitely one where if you don't have the Teddy or Ponga option, then I really like Paps, and I'm really hoping he's going to save my week as <laughs> someone who's not got many players this week. I think I'm 
been smashed by injuries. I think I only got 13. This is the risk when you go really left field and you've got guys like Zach Lomax in your team. He gets injured and hardly anyone gets affected except you. <laughs> yeah, that's me this week, unfortunately. So, yeah, fullback is pretty clear-cut. There's some real standouts there. I'm not going to you know, go too hard on that one. Now, at centre wing, if you need to replace an Alex Johnston, for example, if you don't have Tor or Garrick, they're, they're really obvious ones there. I don't really... You know, I don't really need to convince you to look at that. Some more left field options. You can certainly look at someone like a Ravalawa, although with no Lomax, he's a little bit less appealing because a lot of his attacking stats is off the back of Lomax's good work. You could, you know, take the risk on a Matt Ifkavalu. It's the right wing of the Roosters, basically, taking the risk that he's fit enough. And, you know, he's probably not 100%. I reckon they've rushed him back, but he could be 80%, 90%, and that could be good enough for an 80-plus score. If you want to get a little bit more risky, there's the likes of Rappina, who, you know, not at fullback anymore. That's my issue there. And the, 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 the positive is that he's probably on the left wing. And I think if Whiten has a good game, then Rappina probably does as well. But, you know, you could... I mean, we've, we've spoken about how good Aitken is as, as an option. He wasn't that good last week in terms of his score, but I still think the upside is there. So he could certainly do some damage. Ken Marmolo against the Bulldogs is a real, you know, Hail Mary, basically. He's not really showing the ceiling, and I think it's just capped by the Tigers not being a great attacking unit, losing Dwayhe. Uh So that's certainly, yeah, a bit of a left-field one there. Um, I mean, if you don't have Saab, you can always throw him in if Turbo's playing. There's, you know, it's the last round. Why not? A uh, couple of other risky ones, is, you know, Tessie New who's been surprisingly good. If you look at his past scores, there's a couple of lower ones in there, but he's had plenty of big ones, uh, you know, 80, 90, 100 plus scores as well. But look, it's round 25. It's really hard to predict what happens in this final round. We always see that there's one or two big scores out of the blue. And look, they're often coming from still very good super coach players. But I mean, I do remember a number of years ago, we had Jason Nightingale, who's been solid, but he's never been a super coach star. But he scored 163 in the final round. I remember this clearly because it was in my special year, 2016. And I was just stressing because I was like, what if someone used their last trade and brought him in? Um, that was probably one of the few chances that someone would have had to be able to chase me down with the lead I had. But yeah, look, trip down memory lane aside, uh, there are always a center wing or someone like that who's going to go for a 100-plus score out of the blue. So don't be afraid on taking a bit of a dart throw on someone random. Like, honestly, if DWZ scores a hat-trick this week, I would not be surprised. Like, it could very well happen, even though he's really not that good of a super coach option. So, yeah, why not? If you got nothing to lose, get crazy. Anyway, that's enough rambling from me. I hope I've been able to help you, uh, well, this week, or at least in some way this season, uh, we, we do this because of you guys at the end of the day, you know, we want to help and, you know, we have fun doing it. So like, I honestly don't care about my own rank a lot of the time. Like my team can do whatever it wants, but what I'm more interested in is being able to help you guys because, you know, I've had my time in the sun. I've been lucky enough to do it once already. I'm not going to sit here and believe that my luck will hold for me to, you know, take another title. I'll obviously try every season, but I'm more interested in helping you guys and, helping everyone else become better Supercoach players. So, And most importantly, having fun while doing it. So, yeah, thanks again for another great season. Like I said, we're still going to be around, so don't forget about us and don't unsubscribe. Stick around so you can still get the episodes. 
I think there'll be lots of good content to help you prepare in advance for next year. And it's stuff that you can listen back to. It's not like you need it urgently. But the main thing is, is that it's going to be there and available to you. It's going to be about 2021 and helping us to prepare for 2022. And that's what we do every single season. So yeah, keen for it. All right, good luck to everyone in head-to-head finals or your last, you know, trying to hit your PB in your overall ranking or whatever it might be. May your final decisions pay off big time. And yeah, catch you guys soon. It can be a-